All right. Well, good morning, and thank you for joining in on Dialed In. Welcome. Today's topic is a big one. Uh, for me personally, it's it's something that I've been working on for years, and I'm not going to tell you that I have all the answers, but I will share with you my learns and strategies that have really helped me work through disappointment in people um, or when people disappoint me in big ways. In fact, the strategies that I'll share with you have really been a game changer for many of my relationships, including um, my close love relationships in my life. So disappointment is a part of life, right? I mean, we taught our kids when, when they were younger that sometimes plans change and things don't work out. And I remember as a toddler when things didn't work out, you know, my, my son and daughter would throw themselves on the floor and have, have a good cry and a screaming fit. And it didn't matter if it was in the middle of the store or if we were at home. Uh, it's just painful and it's hard to cope when things don't work out. They don't go as planned. It rains when it's not supposed to. Someone gets sick. Plans get canceled. An accident happens. I mean, everyone on this call has experienced how it feels when life doesn't look like the picture in our heads. And the thing is, we have choices on how we cope with it. So what happens when it's not necessarily big life circumstances that, that disappoint us, but it's people and their behavior. When your boss doesn't follow through or you don't feel like you were treated with respect, when a coworker isn't carrying their weight at work, when someone at work takes credit for something that you did, when someone at church is talking badly about you, when a sibling puts you down for choices that you've made, when you're trying to move forward in your life and make changes and grow, and your dearest friends don't understand and make fun of you? What about when your parents aren't supportive of the choices that you're making, or maybe just not supportive in general? I mean, some days, doesn't it feel like the world would just be a better place if everyone else could just get their shit together? <laughs> if everyone else could just stop being so stupid, then your life would be better, right? I mean, Let's be honest here. We've all been there. We've all had those thoughts from time to time. So I used to spend a lot of time and energy focusing on how imperfect and disappointing other people were. I mean, I would spend hours every week talking with other people about the stupid choices that people around me were making. I've, I spent time angry and hurt and sad, and I just couldn't understand why those people just couldn't see it. It was a real source of frustration in my life. A friend of mine recently was telling me about how incredibly disappointed she was in her daughter, who was 19, because she was thinking about getting a tattoo. Now, the tattoo wasn't something audacious and, and uh, inappropriate by any means. It was something small in a place that probably most people wouldn't even see it. But 
But my friend said, you know, we're not those kind of people when she was talking to me. And after we discussed it for a little bit, my friend realized that really at the core of it, she was fearful of what other people would think. Her, her disappointment in her daughter revolved around her fear of social acceptance for herself. It was my friend's attachment to what others would think that caused her the pain. Now, going one step deeper on this, as we talked about it more, the core of it was that my friend believed that if people thought less of her, then that made her less. Did you catch that? If people think less of me, then I must be less. Then it's proof that I'm not enough. It is always our attachment to things that cause our pain. Now, it took me a lot of time to wrap my head around this. And to be honest, there are some areas of my life where I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. It's always our attachment that causes our pain. Okay, so you might say, well, what about frustration mixed with disappointment? How am I attached there? Well, most everyone struggles with this in some area of their life. I mean, okay, let's use an easy one that most of us can relate to, traffic. You're driving along and traffic is moving great and maybe you're on the interstate when suddenly things slow down and you start to get frustrated. As you inch up, you can clearly see that the person driving the older blue pickup truck is only going three miles over the speed limit and they're camped out in the passing lane. Your blood begins to boil. Why? Why? Because people are stupid, because they're inconsiderate. You begin making up this huge story in your head about the person in the blue pickup truck and how they're extremely selfish and they have to be a jerk. I mean, who would do that? And when they finally pull over, so you can pass, you are so worked up that you honk your horn and you scream at them as, as you go by. Again, what's the attachment there? Now, it could be a number of things for many people, but many times it comes down to feeling small or less than. Now, there's like 15 layers <laughs> before you get down to the core of it. On the surface, it looks like frustration because people are stupid, but, but deep down, there's an attachment. Now, it, the attachment may sound something like this. Who do they think they are? What, they think they're more important than I am? That they can just hog the road? And here's the thing. Those thoughts are directly related to your own beliefs, your own self-worth. On some level, your disappointment in this situation with the traffic and in every situation is tied to an attachment or a belief that you have about the world, about yourself, and about how things should be, about how people should act, about how your parents should love you, about what your siblings should do to support you, how, how your friends should behave, how your coworkers should act. Your, your attachment is to the picture in your head of how things should be according to what you believe. Now, 
I'm not saying that the things that happen in our lives aren't hurtful or wrong, but what I am saying is that we get to choose how we see things. Other people's behavior is not about us. So the friend that betrays you, the spouse that cheats, the child that lies to you, the people who judge you, the loved ones that don't show up for you, their behavior is about them. But your response to it is all about you. We only have so much energy to extend each day. When we spend that energy focused on how someone did us wrong or disappointed us, we are simply wasting our time here. We can never get that time back, and we have no power to change anybody else. But we can change ourselves. So how can you reduce the pain of disappointment? Well, let's start with this. So we see the world as we are, not as it is. And everyone's picture of the world is different. And the thing is, most everyone believes that their picture is the right picture of the world. The guy in the blue pickup truck, do you think that he woke up that morning and said, I'm going to be a jerk and on the interstate today? Do you think that he was even really trying to be a jerk? Most likely not. We have no idea what the whole story was there. So if everything is filtered through what we believe and we see the world as we are, and if deep down, let's say, we believe that we're not enough, then we're going to look for things in the world that proves that belief. And we will disregard the things that don't. We will see people who are rude to us. We will see other people's actions as proving that we're not enough, that we're not good enough. We will see the imperfections in others and we'll believe that they are being imperfect at us. For instance, We'll scroll through social media, comparing someone else's highlight reel to our real life so that we can fortify our belief that we aren't enough. Or as we walk through the grocery store and people look at us, we will make up stories about what they think about us, that they're thinking that we're ugly or we're fat or, or that um, our house is a mess. We'll, we'll say whatever story it is in our head to prove that we're not enough. So in order to change how disappointed we are in others, we have to first go inside ourselves. Our perception of the world starts within us. The problem is not everyone else, guys. (laughs) It's you. It's me. It's each of us individually. So here's kind of a more lighthearted example of this. I, <laughs> I have a dear friend who I love, who is late all of the time. I've known her for over 20 years, and she always runs late. In fact, in our friend group, it's kind of a running joke that we will tell her 
to come two hours earlier than the rest of us need to be there because then she will be there on time. And I spent a lot of years getting really anxious and angry about the fact that she was late. I, in fact, I was really hurt by it every time I saw her. And it would take me maybe a half hour or so to get over my hurt to interact with her um, in a better way. And, and one time after this happened, I was talking to my coach about it. And he suggested that my disappointment was about me, not her. <laughs> and at first I argued with him because, well, I didn't want to believe that because then I have to take responsibility for it. I mean, I'm the one that's showing love and respect here by being on time. She was the one being inconsiderate. But my coach gently pointed out to me that she was doing the best she could. Her personality is much different than mine, and her focus is different too. In fact, I know that my friend loves me dearly, and she's not being late at me. She's just being her. See, for me, the core of it was insignificance and not being enough. And so it was a trigger for me when my friend was late because it showed me that I wasn't good enough for her to show up on time. Isn't it interesting? I assigned a meaning to her behavior so it could validate a core belief of mine that I wasn't enough. Now, disappointment can run really deep in love relationships. I have a friend that used to talk about how her husband was so controlling and she was really resentful of him. She would talk about how he would have to have things a certain way. The light switches had to all be shut off going in the same direction. She had to roll her car windows down when she pulled in the garage when it had been raining or when it was snowy out so the car wouldn't smell musty. The dishwasher had to be loaded a certain way. She needed to wash all of the laundry together without sorting it because it was the most efficient way. And she spent a lot of her time disappointed, angry, and hurt. And their relationship, their marriage, was strained much of the time. Now, on the surface, her husband knew that she was irritated about some of the things that he did, but he had no idea of the depth of her resentment. So she began working with a coach, and she learned that her core belief was that she was stupid, that she was not good enough. And that fueled the way that she saw her husband and all of her feelings around that. You see, her husband liked things a certain way, but he wasn't forcing that on her. But because she didn't feel good enough, any time that he suggested a way to do something, she saw that as a command. And then she compromised all of her preferences for him without him even really knowing. And then she was mad at him for that. So over time, when she really dove into who she was and began to stand on that, she learned how to speak up for her preferences and how to know her worth, and it was a game changer for them. She stopped seeing him as controlling, and they started talking about how they felt. Do you see? Her attachment was to her belief that she wasn't good enough, and that's what caused her pain. So 
I have a few things that you can do to begin to identif- identify and break your cycle to your attachments that cause you disappointment and pain. Now, if you don't have a pen handy, this may be something that you want to write down because it's a process that can truly be life-changing. So before we dive into this, I want you to know that these things I'm going to tell you sound simple, and they are, but they're not easy. And this takes work. And I know all of you that are listening to this call or this podcast, you're invested in doing the work. And I want to encourage you to stick with the process. It'll be really challenging at first, but the more you do it, the better you will get at it, and the faster you will start to overcome some of your beliefs and some of your attachments that cause you to be disappointed in people. Okay. First of all, when you start to get emotional about something, pause. So in order to pause, When you get emotional, you have to be aware of how you're feeling and what you're thinking. So be aware of how you're feeling, what you're thinking, and when you start to get highly emotional or upset about something, pause. Take a deep breath and say to yourself, isn't that interesting? Now, this phrase will help you separate you from your emotion and stay in that place. Stay in the situation until you figure out why you're feeling so pained about the circumstances. Now, I don't mean physically stay in the situation. I just mean keep the situation on your mind. Keep processing it until you figure out why you were feeling so pained and disappointed about the circumstances. More than likely, the attachment you'll discover will be several levels deep. What do I mean by that? Well, It may look something like this. Let's say you and your mom have plans for dinner and you've been looking forward to it for weeks. A few hours before dinner, she calls and cancels because she has to work late. Immediately, you're disappointed, sad, and frustrated. You call your best friend to complain about how inconsiderate your mom is and how you can't believe she would treat you this way. But as the phone is ringing, you remember to say to yourself, Isn't that interesting? The conversation in your head may go something like this. Why am I so disappointed, angry, and hurt? Well, I was looking forward to some time away with my mom. I don't get to see her very often, and I miss her. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Sit with the pain. Go deeper into it. Maybe at the core, it sounds something like this. If my mom really loved me, she would show up for me. Or if I was just a better daughter, she would want to spend more time with me. One level deeper, this just proves that I'm not good enough. We all struggle with feeling insignificant somehow on some level. And it comes out and shows up in our lives in very different ways. Here's the thing. In that situation and in every situation, other people's behavior is about them. And your response to their behavior or your behavior is about you. No one has the power 
to make you mad, sad, or glad unless you give them that power. Now, we all have blind spots in our lives where we can't see how our behavior, choices, and reactions are directly connected to our beliefs. That's why it's so easy to look into other people's lives and see how they could fix them, right? But we are all doing the best we can. And this can be a really hard pill to swallow, but we really never know the whole story behind someone's actions. We never know their experiences, their pain, their beliefs, the things that drive their behavior. And you can only fix you. So start with you. Control you. These simple steps, not easy, simple, can really change everything. Start with the pause when you first feel the emotion. Ask yourself, isn't that interesting? Dive deep into the why behind the hurt, the frustration, the disappointment, because your reaction is always about you. It's not about them. You may want to try journaling out what you were feeling. This can be extremely helpful. And once you get to the bottom of it, begin to counteract your belief or your attachment that you have by speaking truth. Now, in the situation we talked about with the mom and the daughter going to dinner, maybe saying something like, my mom loves me even though she canceled dinner. She's doing the best she can. Or in the situation with the person that believes that she has a controlling husband, as a reminder of what the truth really is and not the filter that she sees things through, my husband likes things the way he does, just like I like things my way. He doesn't think I'm stupid, and he loves me. I know this sounds a little crazy, maybe, but it does work. You can't just do away with a thought or a belief without replacing it with something else. So with my friend, my friend runs late all the time, and it's not personal. She cares for me, and her running late is about her, not me. If you get stuck while you're navigating these steps, find a coach or a mentor that can help you. Disappointment can be toxic in our lives if we allow it to. But the beautiful thing is we choose what we allow. Use your energy wisely this week. Focus on what you can change yourself. Thank you for being here, for Dialed In. I appreciate your time listening this morning. I know we ran a little over than 20 minutes, which is typically my max. But if I can help you in any way or you want more information about uh, my experience, life, or any of my services, or to sign up for my weekly blog, go to www.bethanyclim.com. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. If you have thoughts or a topic that you want to know more about, or if you have questions about today's topic, drop me a line at bethany at bethanyxlem.com. All right, until next time, go out there, be aware, and be amazing. Have a great day.